I was curious and curiosity definitely killed my eardrums this Friday because no, like, no. Um, it was song number four for me. We going crazy. Her is on this track as well. And you know, I like her, but they killed reggae on that track. <laughs> they, they killed reggae. So I'm not even going to talk about the rest of the album. Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Don't Let The Stands. This is season 6, episode 8 and you are here today with your host Eads McKenzie and Nicholas Terrell. And we're missing a co-host today. Um, hopefully he's at home and his feet are up and he's relaxing. As you've seen he's been cranking out amazing articles and he's just released an article um, which you should go check out. Just go check out Shop A Show on Twitter and you'll see all of his latest articles and the amazing pieces that he writes He writes as well. Sorry. Um, but since we're missing a host, we'll leave an extra space for you guys today. So, listeners, how are you doing today? How is everything going in your life? Um, have you had something to drink? Are you eating? All of the above. We want to make sure that you're part of the conversation and part of the podcast um, because COVID is still around. We are getting closer to that date in June where we'll be back outside again and kind of seeing people. But whilst we, before we get there, just want to make sure that everyone's okay and everyone's good. And saying that, Nick... How are you doing? Yeah, like, um, I'm doing good. Like, as in, outside has been open temporarily, halfway, however you want to call it, for, I think, two weeks now at this point. About two weeks. And I kind of went outside, like, for proper, proper drinks yesterday. So that feeling of, like, being intoxicated <laughs> came back. <laughs> And the aftermath of that, I did not throw up, disclaimer, all good. Mm. But um, just the whole admin of feeling sluggish the day after was crazy. Yeah. So, but I got my hair cut today, which is cool. And then... Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 which is a good feeling. Barber's back, back in action and opening. So I'm glad, like, the businesses that I knew and like, loved, like, before the pandemic are still here. He even got renovated, which is dope. Like, I'm glad they, the money was there to do that. Um, And then I went to don't blame me like I know they don't pay taxes and shit but I did go to Starbucks um and just get something to revitalize me so now I feel good made some good lunch um and I've got dinner this evening and it's a bank holiday weekend I know we'll be over it by the time you guys hear but I'm good it's gonna be busy in the next couple of weeks but for now just focusing on social life and mental health so i'm good i'm good what about you eads how are you doing how do you have anything planned for the bank holiday weekend um and how's your week um okay so as always i'm going to answer that question truthfully it's been an up and down type of week i'll talk about the blessings first so i i'm starting to realize how much love I'm surrounded by and um, what I mean by that is I had a real heart-to-heart -heart with a family member recently just telling her about some things that I've gone through and um, she was surprised but she reminded me of kind of who I am and sometimes it's important I don't know if this will resonate with anyone who listens to this podcast but 
when you are in a very dark place and you kind of forget who you are for a moment. And when I say who you are, it's not what other people tell you you are, but who you are at your core. It's important you reach out to where the love is because um, I talk about spirituality a lot recently. And one thing that I've learned from spirituality is there is no such thing as the individual. You know, we've got all these parables about it takes a village to raise a, a, a child and all these different types of things. But when we actually look into it, there is no such thing as being by yourself. You are connected to every single person on this planet. And um, sometimes when we're low, we need to reach out to people and say, hey, I'm going through these things. Can you remind me that I'm loved? And you won't say it in that exact sentence, but you'll kind of reach out and say, hey, how you doing? And they'll, if they know you, they'll say, okay, something's going on. Me and my best friend um, had a conversation about a situation and I let him know about every single thing that affected me. And um, I'm just really grateful for having that person in my life. And I think um, that's where I'm at at the moment. I'm trying to use that gratitude to propel me um, out of this kind of depression that I'm currently in. Um, but it's a steady journey. It's something I'm currently working on. And um, every day has its challenges, but every day has its blessings as well. So if, Khalil shout, if Khalil's listening to this, shout out to him because I honestly don't know what I would do without um, Khalil in my life. Um, honestly and i think yeah it's important that we sorry just to say khalil's such a great person like as well just to co-sign like such a loving person an open space and canvas for you to talk to him and vent to him so i'm glad you have him in that capacity in your life like as your brother um essentially as well but sorry continue your thought no i i, I think what i'm trying to say to anyone who's listening to this is the things that you think are permanent are temporary and that might sound like a very dismissive sentence, but I mean it in a very hopeful type of way. Allow yourself to be hopeless sometimes because what will actually happen is you will make peace with being hopeless and find a new way to find gratitude. And in that moment, you will understand that this moment is all we have. Like I'm seeing a lot of conversation at the moment online in like books and all these different types of stuff about the present moment and how the future doesn't exist, the past is the past and all these different <clears> types <throat> of things. Anyone who's listening to this who's going through something, I want you to know that you are here with us right now. You're listening to this podcast. We're going to try and entertain you with conversation and our insights and the small things that I know, the multitudes that Nick knows. And um, we will try our best to be with you in this moment. So... That's where I'm at. I'm at a place where I'm trying to get out of a hole, but at the same time realizing that I need to appreciate the darkness. Can and, I just um, say, yeah. I'll finish your thought, but I I just wanted to say as well, thank you for saying that. Cause I think that is the first time you've said what exactly you're going through. Like um, obviously you've spoken about mental health generally on the podcast, but, and you've been the biggest advocate for it in terms of the three of us. Um, so thank you for just being really honest. I've known privately, Sharpay has known privately, etc. Um, but for you to bring it here and for you to kind of, even that statement that you said, temporary versus um, the future and the, pres uh, the past, the future and the past, 
is it hits different because I know what you've been through or I know some of what you're going through. So it's like from you to, to you to be able to say that looking at yourself and what you've been through. Um, I, yeah, I really appreciate that. The honesty and the clarity and the wisdom that you've kind of just imparted onto us all. So I, I, I want to make it, I appreciate that, Nick. And I want to make it clear. It's not, it's not something that's coming from a victim type of place because yeah, it's more so um, I resonate and understand a lot of hurt that I experience as being experienced by a lot of people as well. Like, um, I didn't realize this. I've been um, struggling with forms of depression for a long time. Um, and I kind of said on the podcast, I'm now on antidepressants and I'm kind of trying to work myself out of that. Um, but I also... I went on the most amazing journey spiritually, um, which allows me to kind of see it as a blessing. It allows me to now see where I'm currently at and the way life is, is here for a reason. And a great book that's just come out and it's um, it's found its way to me. There's a guru called Sad Guru. He will change your life. Check him out if you can. And you've just released a book called Karma. We're not getting paid by this or anything. I wish we were, but we're not. And... Um, just very quickly, karma is something that we use in the West very incorrectly. Your karma has nothing to do with anything. Any good action you've done doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have a life of virtue. And any bad that you've done, because we're all human, doesn't mean that you're going to have a terrible life. Um, karma is all about how you handle the cycles of your life. And anyone who's going through a cycle, whether it's a negative or, or positive cycle, I would recommend reading that book because it's changing my perception on a lot of things. And as I go on this journey and I will try to be as transparent as I can, as I'm on this journey, um, I would recommend this book as something that you read. We're, we're a music podcast, we're a music and culture podcast, but we like to keep it as transparent as possible. This is how I feel in this moment. I'm not going to put on a smile and laugh and pretend all these different types of things. And I want to let you, the listener, know that it's okay to feel like this. And um, just let us know what you think on um, anything that I've said. Just feel free to join the conversation. So hashtag is D-A-T-S-P-O-D. Um, and just let us know what you think. And we will try to respond and have that conversation with you. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, like I said, no shop here this week. So listener, feel free to send us that message and be our third co-host for today and we will have a conversation with you um but other than that we'll jump straight into the music section so i was about to say shop eh? I, we actually didn't discuss who's going to do it this week we didn't so it could <laughs> so, i don't mind i don't i really don't mind all right so we'll just go straight into the music section um and in this section we talk about what we've been listening to this week not necessarily recommendations but they can be um just anything that's popped up and nick do you want to go first the first song that I have been listening to this week actually was released yesterday. And this is someone who I have like a really complex relationship with musically because I feel like there are glimmers of hope, but then sometimes it's just like, it just does not feel inspiring to me. But this particular track is a positive note. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it, this the artist in question is Justin Sky. Um, 
and the song is called Twisted Fantasy featuring Rema. Now, obviously, we've spoken about Rema on the show before. Chopin did do PR for him last year, the year before last. I'm going to say the year before last, 2019. And um, he is the face, the moment, the future moment of Nigeria right now. And where kind of, I'd, I'd say like Alte and Afropop are going in in symbiotic kind of combination i think he blends those two worlds together really well um and i think he just knows exactly how his how to use his instrument which is his voice first and foremost and i think on this particular song which was produced by timberland who is co-producing um justine skies or executive producing should i say her upcoming tape called space and time um so that is a project that took place through the quarantine periods uh, over Instagram live and like private sessions as well. Um, and she's, yeah, she's kind of working with him. She's his new muse, I would say, and they're making sounds together, but he produced this track that I'm going to talk about twisted fantasy. Um, so I just feel like this collaboration is really needed because I think Justine has always been into um, Afropop, Afrobeats. And this is not just because she dated Wizkid. She's been actively on SoundCloud, like playing so many, an abundance of kind of Afrobeats artists since like 2016, 17 times. Like when I used to like be really stalkerish on um, SoundCloud and just look at all my favorite artists likes to kind of get put on. And there were always bits of Afrobeats there. And it was, it was, you know, it wasn't because of the Drake moment that happened. It wasn't because of all these being ushered into the world. It was genuine interest and intrigue. So I think with this song, she uses her voice quite well. There's dancehall elements as well in this track, um, but there's, there's a strong prominence and garnishing of Afropop and Afrobeats. And I think she, it's really kind of, I think there's like a stringed instrument. I don't want to say whether it's a guitar or a banjo or something, but in the beginning, it's kind of like the first few stringed notes that you hear remind me of like a cartoon animation, just like a really kind of somber moment or fun or like dark humor moment like that would happen in a cartoon and that kind of string would be playing in the background. It's really hard to envision, but when you hear it, you'll get what I mean. Um, very Disney, you know, classical cartoon kind of sound. And I think it's, it just kind of sets the tone. And afterwards, she's kind of on this, as I said, Afropop leaning production. Um, it's very kind of cathartic, I think, in terms of how it sounds. And I think she, her voice is perfectly textured for this genre of music. Um, and I think she bends around the different kind of percussion instruments, re instruments sorry, really well. Um, and it's almost like she's not trying too hard with her vocals, not trying to show us vocal acrobatics, just singing and singing um, intentionally for the moment and for for where, where it sits correctly on the track. And then Rema comes in and as I said, he's just, he knows his instrument. So he super, he is super fun with how he kind of enters on the song. Um, he's higher in register in some parts, lower in registers in other, really fast in flow in some places, really slower in other pockets. And I think that that he added the last bit of, you know, seasoning to the track, the garnishing, the marinade that kind of gave it that, that co 
co-kind of co-creator's stamp of approval. Justine's approval comes from the fact that she's known this genre for years and been studying it um, and being a fan of it, actually. And then Rema is actually the embodiment of where this genre is going. So he can kind of co-kind of verify, you know, this is an authentic touch, an authentic sound, um, not for... Because we are in a moment where, as I've spoken about on the podcast before, you know, the African giant Burner Boy, you know, he is at arguably his biggest position in his career, helping the old guard of Afrobeats and the new guard to kind of get through the door at the same time. We see Tiba Savage as well having a great moment in terms of finding her musicality and just growing as an artist. Obviously, Wizkid is in his prime, just released a great album, um, not... Um, not to be confused with the first of his lineage of great albums. Like he's, he has lineages of great albums and great projects. So, you know, Wizkid is in his prime arguably as well. And as you can see from who they feature with, you know, Diddy was on Burner Boy's, you know, last project on Wizkid's tape, you get an abundance of talent, you know, both front of house, back of house too. And it just kind of shows the globalization of Afrobeats. So we are in the globalization right now. And it's like, one could argue that this song by Justine Sky is a run to that moment, but I do not believe that at all. You know, songs that she actually collaborated with, with Wizkid, you don't know when it wasn't as popular and it was still being, it still is to an extent looked down upon by, you know, more archaic people in music. Um, the American market who of course even reject British accents still in rap um so you know there's still movements to go in terms of the the real ascendance um and globalization of of Afrobeats and Afropop in the American market but we don't even need to look at the American market because in Britain it's been popping Germany you know there's been anywhere where there's an France anywhere where there's an audience of um the African community um West African East African etc you're going to see bubblings of their pockets of sounds that they've created bubble up so I my point is just to say that in terms of the whole world the western world you'd probably say that this is afrobeats and afropops prime but there is still obviously i'm highlighting the issues that are still there but what i'm saying is one would probably think listen to this not knowing justine sky's history and be like she's made a run to this sound da, 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 when no this she's actually been a fan when it was building itself in the 21st century context in in West Africa, in Britain, in France, in wherever as well, um, simultaneously. And when not a lot of big acts were kind of running to that genre anyway. But anyway, in terms of how it sounds, I think it's perfect for spring. I think it's perfect for summer. I think the day parties, you know, should be stream streaming this, playing this, whatever, because I think it's a really strong track. And I prefer Justine Sky when she, you know, stops trying to chase other R&B artists and kind of just organically leans towards what she loves and I think she genuinely loves these exotic I, I hate the word exotic these worldly sounds that come from outside of the west let me say that so like her home of Jamaica and then obviously West African markets as well um you hear Bashman haunts on this song which are great and I think she should spend some time in Jamaica personally I would love for her to just spend like a good six months learning the new generation out there 
um, and just mixing up her palette and then go to the continent, you know, go to Ghana, go to Uganda, go to Nigeria, go to South Africa, you know, all of this. I think she would come back a, a woman ready for her artistry and really knowing what she wants to do. And I think it would be fun even for Timberland, you know, Timberland producing this track. I'm shocked. I'm like, this is amazing because he clearly has an ear for that shit. And, you know, it shouldn't surprise me because of his eclectic body of work over the last 20, 30 however many years at this point. Um, and I think he would love to travel to some of these places as well, just to um, widen his palette as well. Because if I can hear this in, in only this, and, you know, he hasn't spent extended periods of time, um, at least publicly to our knowledge in either region, um, I'd love for him to go and spend actually time there with the producers, you know, some of WizKid's earliest producers, some producers who are producing for Oxlade and Rema right now. Um, and just all of the kind of, and Stoneboy and all of that. Like, I think he would, he'd learn a lot. I think we should learn a lot from our, the people on the ground in these, in these kind of regions and uplift them as well. Um, which brings me to an album that I played for the first time um, yesterday as well. Um, this is the first album, believe it or not, of this artist that I've ever played um, in full. And I will never be going back to do that again. Um, this is DJ Khaled. I don't know why I played it. I really don't. I was curious and curiosity definitely killed my eardrums this Friday because no, like, no. Um, it was song number four for me. Me going crazy. Her is on this track as well. And you know I like her, but they killed reggae on that <laughs> track. They, they killed reggae. So I'm not even going to talk about the rest of the album. That's all you need to play number four. They killed reggae. The album was mixed terribly. The DJ Khaled is a producer mixed terribly sounds 10 like it was made 10 years ago um awful like really really <laughs> bad like for compilation album comp compilation album sorry awful awful like awful like there is no other word for this album it's not great it's not gonna get another play for me yeah he'll probably have a hit or two on there because of the names um no like that is that is my review in in a word or a sentence no so someone <laughs> who needs to maybe spend some time on the islands and i hate calling it that because it, it makes me feel like a colonizer like the islands da, 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 but needs to spend some time in multiple regions of the west indies the caribbean is him because these knockoff productions these knockoff samples these knockoff everything's just not it like you know go on just sorry to interrupt you you know dj khaled actually spent a lot of time in jamaica well clearly he didn't absorb quite a few anything Jamaican artists. clearly he like he loves he, he loves dancehall i know i know dancehall. and the thing is i know that he is a fan of music that's the bit that mm -hmm. hurts the most he's cheapening yeah. his brand with every single album that goes by I'm not saying that yeah. dj khaled can't produce that's that's why i'm saying yeah. it's mixed terribly and all of this because i'm like what is this? Because yeah. what is going on? Um, 
because I know DJ Khaled is talented beyond all the gimmicks. Like for sure, like I'm not going to deny there's some classic songs that he's made that I am a fan of just because his brand is like super mainstream now. And like, I got the keys and all of this. Like I know DJ Khaled when he was a hip hop, you know, person Mm -hmm. rising up the ranks and stuff. And I know him in, even in his prime when he was really about the body of work and the masterpieces, but I'm just not really feeling it like this, this mm. album. And I know, I know like he needs to maybe go and get re-inspiration. Maybe, maybe it isn't the West Indies, maybe go somewhere to another region and get some re-inspiration because maybe he's overdone it with mm. the Caribbean region um, and Latin American region as well. Like it's some of the sounds that he's putting in the last few songs and maybe it's to the point where he's not inspired anymore, so it's becoming overbaked. And that's what I think is happening here, to be honest with you. Mm. So that is my second listen. Very disappointed um, in that. Um, yeah, Nas and Jay-Z were even on the same song. It's not inspiring to me anymore. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm just not, I'm bored. I am bored. Like, I'm bored. And that that album just bored me to death. So that's that. And <laughs> do you know what? I think I've said enough because I, uh, yeah, I think I've said enough for this week. So I'm going to give it to Eden. Hopefully you've been listening okay, cool. to something better <laughs> in terms mm-hmm. of like the, in terms of albums, if you've played albums, hopefully you've had a pleasant experience, but what have you been listening to this week? Um, so first and foremost, we're going to do a bit of nepotism. So um, there was a song released by someone, I only know online, but she has a great spirit. It's called Sun, um, and it's by someone called Zoe Yovella. Okay. And um, I can only talk anecdotally about Zoe. So she is someone, like I said, who's heavily involved in um, spirituality, um, healing through music, and um, she's a Christian as well. So I know Christianity is very close to her heart and everything. Mm. And Sun is a very beautiful song because it's basically empathy in your eardrums. It's literally what... Did I say empathy? Sorry, not empathy. That's not the word I was looking for. The word I was looking for is... um, uh, What is the word? Uh, Euphoria. It's euphoria in your eardrums. So um, I've been listening to a lot more music that kind of raises my vibration. And um, going back to Anklife again. And Sun is one of those songs that I've been listening to. And it's just a very, very beautiful song. And I would recommend it to a lot of people. Um, take a listen. Let us know what you think. But also give some love to Zoe as well. Because I know she's been working on her music for a while. Um, and this isn't to say if you don't know us, you can't recommend us your music, by the way. We will, well, if we have the opportunity to, we would love to listen to what you guys are putting out. Mm-hmm. Um, so feel free to at us at D-A-T-S-P-O-D. And we will put whatever we like on this podcast and kind of talk about it or even play it if you like that and zoe has said she's happy for me to play it i just literally got the message now Just lay the Lord. 
that was Zoe Yovella's son. Next, we're going to move on to an album that was recommended to me by a friend. Shout out to Emily. She won't listen to this. I know she doesn't listen to the podcast, although she says she does. Um, <laughs> so the album was actually released in 2011 and it's called Submotion Orchestra. Sorry, the album was released in 2011. The group is called Submission Orchestra mm-hmm. and it's the album is called Finest Hour. And it's basically instrumentals. It's pretty much all of it is instrumentals. And it's very calming. Um, there are a seven-piece electronic um, jazz ensemble. And um, it's really hard to explain. They're just really calming, but at the same time, energetic. And um, you need that type of music when you kind of want to sit there and um, just be at peace. So I definitely recommend this album. Um, the first song on there is probably the one that I enjoy the most, um, Angel Eyes. But listen to the rest of the album and let us know what you think. There's literally a song called Suffer Not. So if you're not having a good day, take a listen to that and hopefully it makes your day a bit better. Um, next, I'm going to move on to... Let's take a look. Who should I talk about? Hmm. Um... Okay, so I always speak about this guy. I haven't spoken about him in a while because I took a break from listening to anything that wasn't kind of um, in a certain place. But I went back to Devin Morrison and I spoke about him before. He's a great artist. He's heavily inspired by the 90s and um, he collaborates with artists like... um, Sorry, I'm just trying to think of her name off the top of my head. I don't know why it's just suddenly disappeared. Um, Alex Isley. So, you know, she is the niece of um, one of the Isley brothers and um, the the song Kiss features Alex Isley. So I'd recommend that song to you. It came out in 2020. It's not new, but his sound is very reminiscent to kind of the boys to men era. Um, He has that kind of church feel to his his voice as well. So Little Lonely, Kiss, Casper is a banger. I love Casper. Um, Tommy Strong. There's quite a few bangers on this album that I recommend, but Bussin is the album that he released um, in 2019. And we spoke about that when it came out as well. So I would say if you want to listen to a project that really, really represents the 90s, but in a more contemporary type of fashion, Devin Morrison always brings that. And he's just an amazing artist. And I can't really sing his praise much more than I am currently. So check him out if you can. Um, And lastly, speaking on Alex Isley, um, my friend, shout Emily sent me um, a song that they made, um, that he made with, sorry, she sent me a song that she made with Lucky Day and Masego. So um, Good and Plenty, the remix came out in 2021 and I love it. I just love it. It's just, ah, music is just amazing, man. Like I'm just, I'm so, music is just so good, man. Like I know, (laughs) I know it's a very simple statement, but when you actually deep, we get to sit down and listen to vibrations and it makes us feel things. That is just so beautiful. Um, so Good and Plenty is a great song. Lucky Day is someone that we're seeing on pretty much everything nowadays. And he's getting that star-studded kind of, I would say what Miguel was getting in the kind of um, middle part of his career. We're starting to see Lucky Day become that voice in R&B now. So um Lucky Day is amazing. And Masego, there's not, there's no words for Masego. He's just one of those types of artists that when you see his name, you click and you enjoy because instrumentalist, vocalist, well, singer, um, vibe, um, belief system, um, intention, all of these different types of things. He's an amazing artist. And I think 
that we just need to shout these people out. Um, it's a bit sporadic in terms of what I've been listening to, but those are the main things for now. So what it was, was um, Zoe Ovella Sun, then you've got Finest Hour, which is a project by Sub Submotion Orchestra, Devin Morrison, Kiss, or any of his on any of his songs, sorry. And then last and last is um, what, what did I say, Nick? <laughs> sorry. Um, I actually wait. Did you say sorry the to album? Put you on the spot like that. Which ones have you said? So oh, far? Good and Plenty. Sorry, Good and Plenty. That was it. That was oh, okay. One. I was just like, yeah. what? Which one did you already? Yeah, say? sorry to put you on the spot like that. Don't um, worry. Like, I'm always like that. I think we always get like that in terms of like reading things back to ourselves because it's a podcast. We don't have things written down usually. Maybe, yeah. maybe be that's something we should do. But, yeah, but um, also yeah. just to give some transparency to the listeners, I'm currently recording this podcast on my laptop, my phone. On my <laughs> laptop, there's two different recorders that are open because last week we lost the recording. Well, I lost the recording, to be fair to Nick. And no, um, your Apple device lost it, to be honest. Like, yeah. <laughs> we know you pressed record, so, we know. So, I'm, I'm currently doing like a hundred things at once. So, apologies, but yeah, we're getting there. Um, but we'll jump next into the news section. So, let's do our thing now. So, um, we have a couple of topics here for you today. Um, really, like, yeah, some, yeah, more varied than you know, other weeks as well. And I think different kind of news too. So um, the first one I'm going to jump to is on SoundCloud. And SoundCloud is a really, in a really interesting space right now, which we'll probably get into in our commentary. But um, one of their latest pivots, which was reported um, earlier last week to you guys, um, is based on their hip-hop show which is launching via Sirius uh, XM which is one of the biggest distributors of radio in the United States but we'll get into that in a minute um so the launch of this show um it's going to be called The Lookout by SoundCloud um and it's exclusively obviously as I told you the Sirius's XM's hip-hop nation so it's that is who it's being distributed by. And this follows an announcement previously made last year. So just before the pandemic um, that it had secured SoundCloud 75 million from SiriusXM's wider network. So SiriusXM took a minority stakeholding in SoundCloud as a result of the investment and SoundCloud said at the time that it would use the additional investments to accelerate its product development and enhance the services that fuel its global community of creators and listeners. So clearly this show is a part of that earlier sentiment. Um, so The Lookout, um, which is the show, just for reminder, um, originates from SoundCloud's popular hip-hop discovery playlist, The Lookout, which already exists on the app. Um, and the new and exclusive Sirius XM program also aims to surface breaking hip hop artists who are launching their careers on SoundCloud. So it almost sounds like a funneling system, um, which will help the artist, hopefully. Um, so music journalist and SoundCloud curator, um, Somya um, Krishnamurthy, will serve as the host of the weekly show. And I'm sorry to 
the host if the name was butchered um you probably won't listen to this but i'm sorry to anyone who knows the actual name and if it was butchered pronounced it in the way that i thought it was meant to be said um but i do know of her work and she is a great music journalist absolutely brilliant and she always has really great um threads um when she does jump on twitter and kind of give commentary so yeah she's great um great pieces great profiles etc etc um So just launching in 2019, the actual Lookout playlist has grown to become a premier destination for discovering rising stars in hip hop. The Lookout has previously spotlighted artists such as the late Pop Smoke, Megan Thee Stallion, Roddy Rich, Little Tecca, Rod Wave and more who are all have ascended to like mainstream hip hop status right now. Um, so... Kafer, interim head of SoundCloud um, Music's department, said the Lookout connects new rising artists to listeners who are eager to discover what's brand new and hot in the music industry before everyone else, helping the artists gain traction through new fans and build their profiles as a part of SoundCloud's um, commitment to helping artists grow their careers both on and off the platform we couldn't be more excited to join forces with the series x serious sorry xm to launch the lookout by soundcloud and introduce some of the hottest emerging hip-hop talent on soundcloud to the new audience um so yeah this is what's happening at this time uh it's a new show it's hosted obviously it's a hosted show um curated uh hip-hop acts as well being pushed through there and it's a hip-hop discovery show as well so it's discovering talent as well not just um playing them like it's trying to discover them too so um yeah what are your thoughts on that news eden what are your thoughts before i share mine my thoughts are this this (laughs) sounds exciting and i'm i hope that it works in soundcloud's favors but they need to do something. And the reason I'm saying that is because SoundCloud was essentially a social media site for, for new musicians. That was how people got discovered. A lot of artists that are popular today, like Bryson Tiller, for example, mm-hmm. um, was founded via SoundCloud. But we're in a new era now where technology and music, there isn't, there are places that aren't just one thing anymore. You've got Spotify, which does video and music. You've got YouTube, which has its own streaming platform now as well. And you've got all of these different platforms that offer more than one thing. If I was at the head of SoundCloud and looking at the way technology is going and everything, I personally wouldn't go in this direction. Um, I understand what their intention is and all of these, or at least I I can assume what their intention is um, in terms of um, promoting new artists and all of these different types of things. But they need to understand that that market is pretty much going now it's pretty much gone to um, Spotify now that people can upload their music straight to Spotify and actually make money from it. Um, We're only on SoundCloud as a podcast because originally we needed it to be on Apple Podcasts, being completely transparent. We didn't actually want to be on SoundCloud. We didn't see the need. Um, So if I was actually within SoundCloud, what I would do is I would actually create a platform to buy and sell NFTs. That's what I would do personally. Because I think the next wave of um, technology and music purchases um, is in that area. But it's going to take some time, um, some investment and some risk because 
people still doubt NFTs and all of these questions around what they are. And for anyone who doesn't know what an NFT is, I would recommend um, you look into it. Essentially, think of it as an investment of buying the original version of a digital product. So, for example, someone bought, um, uh, what's his name, um, the creator of Twitter's first tweet. They own the rights to that. And it's 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 seen similarly to like buying a Mona Lisa, for example, although there, there are copies out there, the original exists somewhere. Um, there's arguments about if it's something that will take hold, if it's something that will um, be used by artists as a way to actually um, make more money and all of these different types of things. But I think that's where the next market is. And I think with cryptocurrency and um, blockchain technology increasing, I mean, I recently um, tried a new browser um, called Brave, which is a which is a blockchain um, browser, and it's becoming more necessary for privacy protection online and all of these different types of things. So, if I was SoundCloud, that's where I would invest because this market is 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 dying. the The new artist market is is becoming more a um, niche thing because originally. I don't even know if this is going to make sense, but I'm going to say anyway. Artists and people who were actually at the forefront were people you knew about. But now people are more niche with the type of music they listen to. Like they can, they have this particular area on Spotify where they can just find someone. Whereas before the music industry kind of pushed people to be in certain positions within the industry and you would listen to their music and all of these different types of things. The Justin Timberlakes, the... Chris Browns, the Beyonce's, the Ushers, all of these mainstream stars. But now what you're seeing are those artists are actually collaborating with people who make viral songs on social media or on um, or newer artists who are doing quite well on YouTube or SoundCloud or any of these places. The the For me, the actual value now is in preservation. It's not in artist... Um, uh, coaching essentially is actually in making sure that artists can make money in this system um, because there's so many options but at the same time because there are so many options there's an influx of people trying to make music um, and as a result there's too many options um, don't know if that made sense but essentially I think SoundCloud need to look at what they're actually offering um, that is different to everyone else because I don't really see how this would benefit them. But um, Nick, what's your opinion? Um, to be honest, like I see Apple shows um, all the time. Like Ebro acts is one of the most senior members in Apple's music division right now for hip hop. Um, and there's shows for taste making, etc. And they license things to OVO Sound and they've licensed, you know, um, shows to artists as well and stuff like that. So I get, I, I get why this investment came through and also SoundCloud probably needed investments to thrive and survive considering yep. some of the news in the last couple of years. However, SoundCloud are not sleeping. Um, you need to read an article on music business worldwide called why SoundCloud has the music industry right where they want it. And this is speaking to their CEO 
the current CEO right now and he is a clever little cat so he had actually spoken about NFTs right now in this article um oh. which is uh so he's very tuned in um he's tuned into the Asian market who actually offer tips within streaming platforms and he's looking to start doing tipping in SoundCloud so he's definitely experimenting he said podcasts and all that acquisition is not for him that is a Spotify thing that is an Apple thing and he he was like they can run that race that is not where the music industry is going it's going in the direction of artists and creators wanting more money obviously and and one and kind of the revenue that they get from streams alone is not enough to sustain their career so he wants that tipping purchasing kind of process to come forward um soundcloud at present also acts as a record label or quasi record label to a lot of artists. so you see some artists who are getting distributed on to um spotify title apple music soundcloud do that for them so they actually do this for currently a hundred thousand artists um they want to keep that re uh relatively small because the other services that they offer such as reposting and all this kind of stuff uh, marketing division all of all of this for independent artists they want to keep that tailored and be able to kind of treat each client in the best way possible not as a number but more as an individual and have a proper service around them so um they actually acquired this this um this business um called repost in 2019 as well um which is another service for them and helps them to be able to kind of get the music on to other streaming sites as well. So it's really interesting what they've done, what they've acquired too. And I think that, you know, having a hundred thousand artists on there as a distributor, um, they have been able to kind of give artists what they've wanted you know distribution um onto all these all these platforms too and then being able to offer the marketing um they are kind of like a record label in 2021 if you want to be an artist and you need those additional services as well um you know they'll be able to tailor to a niche independent market and i think you know although there are applications um there are services that are exceeding soundcloud right now they've only just started so i think if they continue to do this um so you know cd cd baby uh distro kid tunecore you know they're all a bit more advanced in the market but to have a hundred thousand on your roster is not bad you know i mean considering the whole world you know it is small but it's it's boutique it's boutique and i think if they continue to work in this space it will be great um but yeah like specifically on fpr so that's fan powered royalties they've launched that they've launched that on soundcloud so there are a few artists that actually benefit from fan powered royalties and i think that is something that soundcloud tried to launch and didn't actually launch it they were promising it and touting it a few years ago um it didn't actually happen but artists this is this is the conversation in music right now royalties how can i have royalties on streaming all of this kind of stuff and it seems like soundcloud are cracking that case um in terms of the western world anyway and i think if you listen to what um wiseman um which is the ceo has said in this interview he said um 
Last year, we ended up interviewing both artists and our consumers about the idea. Everyone thought streaming already works like FPR. So there's a mis demystification that needs to happen in terms of how do artists get paid from these? Because I don't think a lot of people realize that they're getting paid pennies. Like they, I don't think the penny has actually dropped in a lot of people's head that it's not royalties. It's, you know, they are licensing their music, but the owner of that music still gets pennies you know like it's not it's not this big big thing like as if they were to sell a cd they're getting the same kind of return on that it's not the same so anyway he was said last year we ended up interviewing both our artists and consumers about the idea everyone thought streaming already works like f PR, fan-powered royalties. So there was clearly a disconnect. The simplicity of having the fan understand how music works told us we need to go ahead and do this. So um, we know we had enough content working with a hundred thousand or so independent artists directly to really make a difference. We said, okay, the fans are ready for this. The artist community is big enough on SoundCloud to do this. It's time to move forward. FPR is more equitable and transparent than the pool model, which is basically what streaming platforms operate under now. Um, and because of the direct nature of the payment relationship, you start to say, how can I engage these fans? How do I make what I'm doing more relevant to them? Um, that's the proactive future change that we hope this will slowly start to build in the market. So what he's basically saying is if if royalties actually were working as if how his SoundCloud community are operating from it now, the 100,000 artists where... Um, fan-powered royalties they can give royalties to an artist directly by you know subscribing and doing that and and you know giving their money to them um then it gets creative because you have a niche audience who you're like how do i market my next product how do i actually do marketing that makes them want to stay with me and give me my royalties for this next project um and it's kind of operating in that independent product market rather than a commodity on a streaming platform to which they pay the you know streaming platform ten pound a month and not the artist. There's more investment. There's more like that artist is my favorite. I'm gonna support them and really understand their journey. So then things can start to get a bit more fun, um, alongside things like NFTs, of course, which we, we were talking about before. But um, SoundCloud are doing a lot, and I think you know this little serious thing that we're speaking about is not what they're putting all their eggs in. Reading that interview earlier this week, I was like, oh, SoundCloud really are a label right now. They're really operating like a label too. And they're also launching really innovative things and ambitious things such as fan-powered royalties as well. And they're looking um, on how you can tip. So even boosting monetization higher for the artist as well. Um, in like how YouTube has kind of launched, you can send money to creators on YouTube as well as subscribing to them, of course. Um, and there's subscriber models on YouTube as well, just for general YouTube creators where you can subscribe for extra content, extra videos, etc. And then on top of that, tip them. So SoundCloud is almost in a way translating that into music. So I think there's a lot of business, um, forward thinking business strategy being tested at SoundCloud right now. And I would not even be surprised if the other DSPs are looking at SoundCloud as a test bed to see if this these stuff work so then they can implement them into their respective um, DSPs later down the line. But um, it's a tough conversation right now in streaming, but I think this radio show as it pertains to that is harmless, you know, it's harmless. And I think, um, it, it, maybe it's even a bit late for them to have launched that because a couple years late but 
to be honest, I think SoundCloud have had other things brewing, like trying to launch these, get the get these stuff off the ground and build their um their community of independent label roster talent. Um it's not officially a roster, but you know what I mean, who they're working with to give services on the back end. So yeah, I think Wiseman continue shaking things up. I think he only joined a year or so ago or two years. And I think since he's joined, he's he's just left jaws on the floor with what he's done to the business so i'm excited for soundcloud they've changed they're not the platform that eden kind of describes them before but i think they are adapting definitely reading this article has shown me that they are they're not they are not um scared to try things and i think that ambition is what i'm looking for in the music business right now and i think soundcloud are are doing it they're doing it i'm gonna watch you more after reading this interview i was like yeah i'm definitely gonna watch what you're doing business wise now not so much as a dsp but what are you offering artists behind the scenes because i'm, I'm a fan i'm a fan of that and i think just rebranding will only benefit them you have to adapt to survive and i think if they have the foundation to do that hey I'm, I'm here i'm all here for it so soundcloud continue to experiment continue i'm watching you and audio mac particularly very closely yeah yeah amazing thanks for that nick literally all that information you poured out into this um and i i agree with pretty much all that you said obviously i'm still i'm in the stance of um where this investment goes in terms of how they they introduce things like nfts i think the idea of tipping and stuff like that which is it sounds akin to um what's it called um the gaming site that people play twitch mm. tip on that and stuff mm -hmm. like that is very reminiscent to that i think that would really benefit the website as well i wonder how much of a kind of commission they would take from that yeah but um i i agree with the last part of what you're saying as well they do they're not the same company they were when they first started and no. there is some kind of push to um, change things and do things slightly different. It reassures me to hear that um, the CEO said that we're not Spotify because I think if they tried to run the same race as Spotify, they would lose but just because of who Spotify are and obviously the branding behind that as well. Um, this lane they seem to be in seems to be the way forward. I still question if um, the whole new artist area is still something that will continue to grow mm -hmm. and i know that sounds kind of redundant because a new artist is essentially anyone who tries music yeah but i just kind of question as the market widens and people um have other revenues of getting onto platforms how long can you your usp be that we help um new artists grow um because spotify do that youtube music do that um, if you go back to our episode where we had, um, uh, uh, one second, sorry, uh, trying to remember what episode it was. It was a few episodes ago. We spoke about YouTube music Yeah. and, um, the artist relations manager, I apologize. I'm trying to remember the name of my head, but Shanice, that's it. Sorry, Shanice. Um, when we had a run and we were talking about YouTube and kind of the direction that YouTube music was going in. You can see there's a clear drive to kind of usher new artists in the UK, because we spoke from the UK perspective, um, into new areas via like viral campaigns and YouTube marketing and all of those different types of things. So I kind of question um, the direction that SoundCloud's going in, but I'm reassured by the fact that I've heard NFTs are mentioned. 
And I've also heard that tipping is something they want to do as well. Um, yeah. Because I know there is this idea that help the, li- help the little man, like um, tip your favorite artists, send money to them, help them out if you can. Yeah. Um, the support is out there and people want to help. So I'm reassured by that as well. Um, yeah. We're in, so I guess we'll just keep an eye on that. We're in the era where newsletters, tipping, you know, all of that, Patreon, like this is the perfect time. Like it's time. Like it's like, hello, Spotify, hello. So like, it's like, get with the program because Asia's doing it. There's like 12 different streaming platforms or at least an abundance of them um offering tipping culture like come on this is archaic now at this point youtube's doing it it's so come on like get with the program like it's time to the music business needs to really shake themselves up because if not they're gonna they're gonna be left behind at this point um but you know like i think even and we cannot you know Bandcamp was the pioneer like let's be real Pancamp is still the pioneer of all of this and it's like I'm, i am going to shout them out because super iconic and just super aware of issues and like what they're doing with artists too so you know i think we're in the era i think you know two years we've got about two years until you start looking stupid now um in the next two years it's time to launch it now like twitter is launching or, or has um literally banded with a newsletter company literally like it's time to support the creator at this point like it's time for us to get our own bags independently it's time so um yeah i'm happy i'm happy soundcloud's looking to this i really am like i i think even if they're just known as the pioneer, just do what you got to do to shake this shit up because we've been needing that. We've been needing this in the music business as well. Um, and Mixcloud do support us stuff as well for DJs. So like, come on, like it's time. But um, yeah, I think we've completely killed that topic at this point. Um, and I just love Eden's perspective on tech and the future and stuff. So it's always good to know. But um we'll move into a different form of development right now um talking about a woman in rap called sweetie um she recently performed um at the triller um fight club i believe it is triller fight club a couple weeks ago i think it was a fortnight maybe three weeks ago um and doja cat was in attendance as well i believe post malone and a whole abundance of other talent as well um and she received heavy flack for her performance. Um, so the breath control was out, um, technical issues, her focusing on dancing more than singing um, and rapping, sorry, rapping predominantly and singing in the side. And um, the whole performance was lackluster to say the least. Um, so she was doing an interview with Apple's Rap Life um she said for me i'm gonna focus on what i struggle with i struggle with breathing control i'm gonna work on my dance moves i'm gonna focus on my details all that good stuff my body my stamina everything um and she revealed oh sorry excuse me she revealed that she is currently on a trip to um deal with the artist development she's in a uh, secluded sorry location being worked to the brim um on her insecurities and the things that she struggles with so that is the news this week and um this was after the heavy flack after that trailer concert um it seems that she's listened to the advice and she's actually taken the artist development on the chin so i wanted to get your perspective on this eden what do you think about this um and yeah just generally what do you think about artist development so 
first and foremost, I congratulate Sweetie on um, her vulnerability because we had this conversation, Shopee and I, um, during the Justin Timberlake topic about how I, we, you have to have a certain level of compassion for artists because they are an environment where they are a product. And sometimes as a result of being a product, their emotions, their flaws, um, and all of the things that make them human are actually um, seen as a disadvantage. Um, and this is why there's kind of conversation about what goes on in um, the K-pop industry and how there's like a manufacturing machine for um, pop stars and groups and all of these different types of things and the effect that has on people's mental health. So when it comes to Sweetie, and she talks about how she's dealing with her insecurities and um, she's in a camp where she's working away at these different types of things. I definitely think that is a very brave thing to say. And I congratulate her on um, actually having the, the um, vulnerability to actually say that because I, I, I can't imagine what it's like to be a, a, a rap star, let alone like a, a woman in the music industry as well. I imagine that um, there are loads of insecurities that will appear in terms of comparison and um, uh, talent and um, all of these different types of things. There's this whole conversation around um, surviving the music industry because I imagine it's very, very difficult to actually um, be an everyday person. You know, this is going to sound really random, but I was um, listening to a radio show with my dad and we were just driving and um, it had Graham Norton. Is it Graham Norton? He's the Irish one, right? Yeah, Graham Norton. Um, yeah. And he was talking about how he went for a walk with his dog and his dog pissed in the street. And this man yelled at him and was just basically, they had this back and forth argument. And the interviewer basically asked him, like, what is that like as a famous person where you can't argue with people because... Um, they'll go to like the media or something might be said to say this person um, said this, said that. And I, I think that's a very important conversation. Um, like we expect so much from people, um, whether it's celebrities or just general people, um, where we take a bad day and we make it kind of um, their personality for life. So the fact that um, Sweetie has come here and now said that she struggles with insecurities and all of these different types of things. There's a level of compassion that we need to hold for her. And I hope that she is in some form of therapy or like group therapy or something along those lines. And she has like a mentor, um, someone within the music industry. I'm thinking of someone like Missy Elliott, that might be a great mentor for her. Um, just to talk through what it's like being a woman in the music industry, what it's like having insecurities and being at the forefront of the music industry as well, um, because it must be hard. Um, Especially when you're this, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. I hope you guys know this, but when your MO is being attractive, it must be very difficult to have to um, be attractive constantly. Like it's, it's your branding, it's what sells your music and um, it must be incredibly tiresome. So all we can say from Dats is we hope she's getting um, support and that she's surrounded by love. Um, and thank you for sharing your vulnerability. Um, hopefully we'll be able to um, talk in a better way about um, kind of your performances as they improve and you get better. But ultimately you've shown your humanity and we commend you on it. Thank you for doing that. Um, 
Yeah. Nick, did you have any thoughts? Sorry, I was on mute and realised. Um, in terms of uh, this, I think we don't get to see a lot of these moments anymore, like in terms of artist development and artists being really honest, like, yeah, I'm just flexing, fixing this, fixing that, do you know what I mean? And I was, I loved it personally. It made me feel really happy inside. I was like, yes, like this is what we love to see, the journey. Like that's what I love to see anyway. And it's like not everyone's going to um, be a one on everything or gotta be excelling in every component of music at the start you know and she's yet to release a debut album so she still is technically in development mode to be honest with you and I think development is something that seems so uh transactionally and temporarily and it's like you know development can happen up until your last day in music, you know, or in your art field or wherever you are. So I think just her being vulnerable and us learning about that, I was like, yeah, like she's not, because it could have gone the other way where the criticism could have led to a wall being built up and an air of arrogance or patronize, or being patronizing. And I think that would have not benefited her at all as well. Um, I just love it. I personally really love it. Like all the videos I've seen in the past of Rihanna doing extensive work to better herself, all the work seen Usher do all those extensive work to better themselves. Um, there's a plethora of eyes who have been that vulnerable. And I just think it's fine to say right now I'm being worked to the brim to try and better this, 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 and this. Um, someone who's very vulnerable um, in showing their growth is FK Twigs and I love her for it. I literally have come to appreciate her artistry um, in the last couple of years and her work ethic in particular. Um, there is a video on YouTube that shows just how hard she works. Um, I'm trying to <clears throat> pull it up, but while I do, I just want to say that I love seeing artists really just give me um, a taste of what it's like to kind of... Um, go through that extensive process as well. I believe that the video is called Practice, um, aka Twigs, and it's on her own channel. Uh, and you can kind of see just how, um, just how hard she, just how hard she works in terms of her work ethic. So uh, it's, this isn't a problem for me. And I think anyone who took the opportunity, if they did to make fun of Sweetie for this, is a bum who doesn't really look at their own life and look at what they're, they're, they're constantly developing every single day if they care about themselves anyway. Well, well, <laughs> let's... No, okay. as in like, like it's, it's hypocritical. It's hypocritical to look at your, to kind of, point fun at someone poke fun at someone for being vulnerable and saying they're in development when all of us are in, i'm in development of my job you're in development of your job we have training days you know i'm in development as a person you the, the conversation we started this chat off with your development as a person you yeah. know we're all evolving so I, I, and just to say I, I don't disagree with you in terms of what you've just said um but i think for me the reason why i hesitate is because i think um, the actual, the actual thing for me is um, accepting humans in their completeness. So that's even in their moments where they're criticizing someone or they're um, they're not at their best. You can kind of the the there's a kind of understanding um, 
that um, you can only meet someone at their, their level of consciousness. And um, I've been in situations where I've been um, upset and someone has said something and I've been upset at the fact they've said that. But as I get older, I think there's kind of an understanding that um, people don't always understand. And um, I think especially with celeb culture, we don't look at these people as human. I, I don't think we no, actually we don't. do. We don't. Like we, we look at these people as beacons of opportunity. I think one of the most important, and it's it, it's not it's seen as important, but one of the most important moves that an artist made was when Rihanna said, I'm not a role model. Yeah. Rihanna, I, I can't remember what she said exactly, but it was something along those lines where she was like, I'm not a role model. And I think that is very important because um, I honestly can't, even being on this podcast and having people listen to it, I don't know if it's the same for you, Nick, in your writing and um, being like visible on social media and stuff like that. I, I, I am afraid of the fact that um, I'm human sometimes. And I think um, that's the next part of the conversation. Like we mm -hmm. look at these celebrities and we think um, they have all this money. They should know the right thing to do. What is the right thing anyway? Oh, they did this thing. So therefore this, but at the same time, like we're saying you are not your mistakes, give compassion, all of these different types of things. So um, I think with Sweetie, um, what you said was perfect. I think it was perfect. Um, but at the same time for me, if people criticize her, I think the part of the conversation we need to understand is compassion needs to override where that person is consciously. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, it's how you critique someone. The way, the people yeah. I'm talking to is people who can't see the full picture. You know, yeah, for yeah. me, it's like, you know, if you are critiquing, because critique can happen. I want to be critiqued as a writer. I, I want to get better. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not critiquing to demonstrate that you are less. I'm yeah, critiquing yeah. you so that you can get better or yeah. just from a place of love. And I think, mm. I think this conversation was saying the same thing. A yeah. lot of people need to just come with that criticism from a place of love. I'm not saying this has to be a PC space, you know, everything's good. That performance was slapping, like you were great because of people's feeling like, nah, 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 nah. If the performance was bad, the performance is bad. But yeah. here's what we can do to work on it. Or this is why it was bad. That is constructive criticism. And I'll be like, all right. And she gave specific examples, breath control, stamina, etc. in this speech. So I'm like, clearly some of that has broken through and she's realized, X, Y, and Z. And if everyone came with that same perspective and pointers in a nice and engaging way from people she loved and her fans, she would have been able to maybe see that sooner, you know, mm. instead of she's shit. Well, okay, well, what was shit? What yeah. was it? Give me yeah. some examples. Stop. Because this is what I'm saying. People love internet culture. They don't mm. actually want the progress. They yeah. want to ridicule you in your weakest moments. That's what the, the let's be real. People yeah. want the shade room post. People yeah. want the shade room post. And that's what it is. And that is what's been frustrating me for two years now. I have not followed or engaged with that platform. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Or the shade bar. Nah, man. Fuck Sorry, that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not laughing at Nick. It's just, I've heard this. This, this part of the conversation 
So I will like, not engage. Whenever it goes into the shade room. Sorry, just... <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Those platforms are toxic. Like, and I remember how they made me feel, like, having followed them, you know. Well, talk, talk on that feeling. It's, it no, feel... it made me feel negative. Like, in a cycle mm. of negativity, going to Instagram to make fun of someone, going to Instagram mm. to have your daily dose of laughs. Like, that's not laughing at someone's expense. I'm like, that's not, it's not right. Mm. It's not right. Mm. Like, fair enough, there's there's gifts and memes and all of that. Yeah, that's funny. You know what I mean? Like, have a laugh mm. at that. But in terms of, like, someone's expense, like that mm. Carisha story we sp- Oh, we didn't even post the episode. There was a there was a topic last week that we were meant to talk about in terms of Karisha's name. Um oh, from you know, the city girls and not calling a young Miami. <laughs> you did it again. No, I did, I did, I did, but her name is I'm gonna give the name for context, but not calling young Miami her name that I just said, her government name. And I wish we kept that. Yeah, in terms <laughs> what you did of, last week. I wish we mad. kept that. It was mad. But um in terms of that that was on the shade room and i'm like why like do you know what i mean you guys are just ridiculing this woman who just wants her name to be called young miami for people who are fans do you know what i mean and it's the same thing like that's why i'm not following the shade room because all of these topics are negative i have a life to live i do not need to be looking at this shit like i don't really need to be looking at it you know what i mean obviously these topics don't escape me completely because i'm on twitter so obviously people retweet stuff like not from the shade room but news just you know cycles its way out um but it's made me feel a lot better. I can go on Instagram and it, my, I'm curating my space and it's a it's a lot more of a zen place, mm. you know. Um, obviously, there's still some BS, you know, Instagram's algorithms and ads and shit, you know. We hate that. But in terms of um, blogs, please, please, you will not find me on a blog. Com- like, mm. please, please. I'm 25 at this point. Stop that. Like, but yeah, um let's wrap this topic up we love we love progress we love artist development and i'm I, i'm actually genuinely wanting to see a sweetie performance where the breath could i just want to see good i, I, I want to be like yes like okay this is how this is why the label should look at artist development and keep investing in it because i want to see a case study with a new generation artist where it's like damn because you saw it with destiny child we saw it with Usher. Usher, one of the best entertainers we've seen in this lifetime. You know, we've seen his evolution over the years and his staging, you know, sometimes a bit hit and miss nowadays, but in terms of his prime, he was great, you know. Um, you know, and we've spoken about the likes of Chris Brown, who would benefit from some of this stuff as well. So, you know, it is what it is. We love progress, as I just said. But we're going to move on into our last topic, which is artist related again. And it's just talking about Tiana Taylor revealing the reason that she retired, quote unquote. So um, Tiana Taylor revealed this information a couple months ago, believe by her Instagram page. Um, and she spoke to um, a platform earlier this week, Sip and Smoke. And um, she said, at the end of the day, I'm a mum first, a mum, a wife, a woman. And I think it's hard for... For me, I put in a lot of work. I work very hard, very hard. So if you feel unheard and unseen, like how I said earlier with my husband, he sees me, he hears me. I take that shit seriously. Everything that I do. So if you're 
my husband or I'm signed, everybody that I'm aligned with should see me. They should hear me. They should be able to feel me. If you don't see me, hear me or feel me, it's a dub for you. I felt like the label, so that's good music slash Def Jam, um, wasn't really hearing me and seeing me. I felt underappreciated. So for my mental health, for my mental well-being, for my kids, let me just put this on ice for a little bit. Um, it's not that I retired permanently. It's more that I don't feel like I want to move another inch for a company so that's interesting because we got like a little tidbit that she's not it doesn't seem like she's retiring for good the situation just has to maybe make sense for her both both in life and in business related um but she spoke about validation and not being seen and not being heard by the business side of things so yeah eden i would love your thoughts on both topics like not being seen not being heard like and just tiana taylor because you i think we all are quite aware of her and her career so um yeah let's have a conversation um I think with Tiana Taylor, it's a very interesting situation. Um, I think I think for her, there's a multitude of things that she said um, that is her experience. So with regards to being a mother, being a wife, and um, her other commitments as well, those are kind of her focus, which are her values, which are important. Um, her artistry and her journey has been very interesting uh, because if you remember... The very early stages of Tiana Taylor, she was, um, I don't know if this word is still, um, I don't know how to kind of better describe it, but tomboyish is the best way I can describe it. I don't know if that's a word that that's fine. you can still use. Yeah. Um, but when she first came into the scene, she wasn't kind of who she was now. Um, and she had to basically rebrand, change who she was, sign to good music and try again and all these different types of things. So I can imagine that rebranding, that change in her journey must have taken a lot from her um, because we don't actually know which which portrayal that she showed to the public um, was her natural self, if there, that there was one at all. Um, so I'm quite intrigued to see what the next part of her journey is. I know she said she's in retirement right now, but as we've seen from the likes of... Um, who said they were in retirement? I think Jay-Z at one point said he was going into retirement and came out, released a new album... So many people go into retirement and then come out later on and have a completely new perspective. Um, and that last project she released, um, I know Chopin and I were speaking about it and I can't remember his opinion on it, but mine was it was quite long. Um, um, but I think that there is something there. I think that she does have something to sing about and perform. So I look forward to kind of engaging with her music again um, when possible. But I think right now she knows her priorities. And that's really important. That's not to say, by the way, that you can't um, be a mother, be a wife and make music or any of those different types of things. What I'm saying is she seems like she knows what she wants to do right now. And in terms of being heard and seen, um, I think that's a very important conversation and she should be given the opportunity to kind of speak about the way she feels ignored and hidden. Um, and we should kind of just listen to her. Think that's what we should do um those are my thoughts what about you nick yeah i feel pretty much the same um i think that her journey at good music has definitely been a mess um to say the least like in terms of just not being heard not being seen and we've heard kanye west admit to that during her first uh her first album rollout era um so she should have spent more on marketing 
um, investment, like seeing and hearing Tiana's timelines. He kind of admitted that on The Breakfast Club in a really old interview now, I think around 2012, 13 times. Um, and then obviously we saw the rollout with her second project. Um, and how Kanye West, number one, made it a part of that whole good music rollout a few summers ago. Um, and then number two, like in terms of leaking material um, of Tiana Taylor's album and to the point of leaving song samples out and all of that, like on her KTSE project. So that was a disaster as well in 2018. And I'm sorry about the Kanye West comments. I believe they were in 2014, just to clarify. But um, yeah, the KTSE rollout was a mess. It was a rollout that kind of was scolded by fans and outlets at the time and Tiana was embarrassingly having to do her own version of the Breakfast Club interview to explain things when she didn't know, you know, business things were left in the background from her. Um, you know, the album artwork apparently for even Kanye's own album was not ready until a day before the release, you know, so, it, you know, business-wise, just, just a disaster, isn't it? And I think it's so hard because we've seen Tiana thrive as an independent person, like in terms of her own nail salon in in, in um in New York. And then she's launched, you know, she had her e show with Amar and it was it was a great kind of look into her life. And then obviously we've seen her now become a, a is it I think it's pretty little thing she's one of the most senior creative directors over there so it's you know it's a, a spellbinding career in terms of her personal outside of music so I think she is a brand that and a person let me just forget brands she is a person that is so multifaceted and and applies herself to um everything that she puts herself into and to still be here from super sweet 16 is a testament it's a testament to an abundance of talent so i would just say that i hope it aligns with her musically in the future not with this um label because i think they've run their course personally um but i hope she is able to fully flesh out music and have a complete rollout that she's happy with um next time round and I hope that next time around is sooner rather than later. Um, sooner when she's in the place to, of course, but sooner rather than later. Because I love Tiana Taylor. I think her voice is really distinct in the R&B landscape, really husk. It's got a nice husk to it. Um, she's inspired by clearly older generations as well. I did forget to mention she even directs videos as well. You know, some better than others, but she's learning in that kind of era as well in terms of video direction. So, um, yeah, like I really want to see her leverage herself as a music artist and have a full rollout um, because we've never seen that with her. We've never got to see a multifaceted full rollout with people who 100% believe in her brand. So in musically, her brand musically. So um, yeah, all props to Tiana. I'm glad she really clarified in that paragraph around um her retirement not being a retirement and i think that to the i think the term retirement is just changing in the in the contemporary era as well i think it just means this is you know how mary j blige and all the greats and ushers and stuff would take three years between albums and stuff i think that's what they're kind of using retirement for is now which is weird it's an extreme term it's very extreme it's very you know permanent for the words history of what retirement means but i think it's like you know i'm just 
I'm a chill. You know, if I come back, I'm a comeback, but I'm a chill. You know, I've given you guys enough. You know, we're not going to do the year on year thing. I'm just going to take a, a nice little break that's longer than two years and just dip my toes a little bit. I think that's what retirement means to a lot of eyes now because I've heard this term used before and then people are featuring, people are here, people are here. So I'm like, you know, um, even you know i don't listen to him god forbid but logic is back you know in the studio he How said he retired you, you know god forbid in terms of the musicality in some places but he can rap but not my type of tragic mulatto rap like we're not doing that but in terms of logic he is back you know working with mad lib i don't know who wanted that and who asked for an iconic <laughs> producer such as mad lib to work like that and after Nick. freddie gibbs and mad lib and then anyway you know <laughs> doom mf doom to logic i mean i mean i don't know i don't know but you know it could have been j cole no i'm joking i'm joking actually i'm excited for the loyal loyal corner and madlib album i mean that that's better that's a better duo than this you know that's a way better duo than this you know anyway madlib have your fun anyway but um logic's out of retirement my point is after a year you know, so I'm like, Tiana may give us a project next year. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm, it's not that I want a project ASAP. I don't need a project because that album is, it's, as Eden said, it's long and it's got, you know, you can listen to it. You can get into it again and again. But in terms of Tiana, I want her to get that experience of being a full artist that's invested in, a Rihanna, you know, who's invested in, you know, every single era, you know, and all of that. Um, because why not? on stage whenever you see her on stage it's like what this girl puts eight million thousand percent into oh yeah she's a performer she is made for the stage so i need the material to be pushed for that kind of caliber of being made for the stage you know so that's my hope for um tiana taylor and that's that's the end of the news section unless eden wants to add further commentary to the tiana topic no i think you said everything perfectly um I think ultimately what we're saying is we kind of want to see more from her, but we respect her wishes at the same time. So I think that's where we have to leave it for now. But as always, we don't have Shopee today. So listeners, feel free to join the conversation. And that is at D-A-T-S-P-O-D. And pretty much that's the end of the episode. Um, It's been a very short episode um, as it's been quite quiet recently. I think the world is slowly waiting for summer to happen. Um, If you're listening to this, the bank holiday is literally just gone. So I hope you're rejuvenated and everything. But we'll catch up next time um, in our next episode. But for now, we're going to say bye. Um, so in terms of the podcast, we are Don't Let The Stands. We feature IMN Tyrell, Shope Showerton. My name's Eden, and it's been a great episode today. Hope to catch you guys soon, and peace. Peace.